Hello and welcome to the Ken Seven channel and uh, joining me for a chat about all things Liverpool, including the uh, Liverpool win against Brighton on Saturday, which is a great win. And then the Arsenal game coming up is none other than uh, goals, Neil Jones. Neil, welcome, mate. Good to see you. Thanks for your time. No worries at all. Thanks for having me again. Pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Always is. So we won on Saturday. In the context of the season, it was a it was a must win, wasn't it? And I always feel like Brighton are a, a bogey team for us. Whether the stats back that up, it's just one of them things I've got in my head. How were you feeling going into the game? Yeah, do you know what? I mean, the, the stats. I mean, the last three games Liverpool hadn't won them prior to Saturday mm-hmm. against Brighton, so obviously it does it does lend itself to the fact that they cause some problems, and we all have that 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 game at Anfield early in the season. I think in our our mind yeah. and. Um, the the unusual nature of it really Liverpool throwing away a lead at home and 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 being caught out in that manner and I did think with you know half twelve kickoff and uh, some rumours on the on the week that there was problems with COVID around the squad and we'd seen a few players missing out in training I think Van Dijk and Thiago weren't training Canate hasn't been around so it did lend itself to the idea that maybe the, there might be some some hiccups. I think Brighton plays some nice football. I think they've yeah. got some good players. I'm not. I'm always a little bit wary about them because I think, I think there's a patronising element to it. To it sometimes when people say, "Well, okay. yeah, Brighton aren't Brighton lovely," but really, the reason is because they they're not a threat and and you're not really scared of them. And I think, I think Guardiola's pretty good at that, isn't he? You know, he sort of pats people on the head and says, "Oh, you know, best best team we faced all season, you guys." And what score was it? Oh, we won four 0 But you know, <laughs> it, it, it's sort of. It's it's sort of a bit of that, but I did think I did think, especially the first 10-15 minutes, I thought it, it had the, it had the makings of a banana skin for Liverpool. It looked a little mm-hmm. bit ruffled. They look a little bit short, you know, in terms of intensity in the first 10-15 minutes. But after that, once they got the goal, obviously it, it really does help help matters. And in the end, I think it was a, a deserved win. And it probably should have been a more comfortable win as well. We we've we've seen that though over the last few weeks. I think Liverpool feeling them, their way into the game. Yeah, you know every opponent's different, aren't they? And it's I think I like to think that this is the players figuring it out themselves with no help from Klopp. You know, it's 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 a yeah. collective thing. It's it's game management. It's football intelligence. Um, do you agree? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I do. And I also think as well, it shows that they've got a lot of confidence in what they've got on the bench as well. So maybe in the past, they felt like we have to go hell for leather first hour, get the game sort of in, in, in the bag and, you know, maybe manage it from there. Whereas they feel now that even if it's nil-nil, 1-1, whatever, what just a, a narrow win, we've got three three players who can come off the bench and really sort of take yeah. us to another level as well. Yeah, of course. Um, every podcast I seem to do now, I'm, I'm asking the person that I'm talking to about Luis Diaz. Um, so I'm not going to break that trend because he's he's the guy's come in and he's absolutely phenomenal, isn't he, Neil? He is. He is. He he, he just. I mean, it, there's so much to admire about the way the way he's come straight into the side. I mean, Alex, he was one of those players that when when the links sort of appeared and they appeared a month or so before he signed, and you, you look and you think. Okay, I can sort of see where, but really, I wasn't. It wasn't one that sort of I went. Oh yeah, Luis Diaz. You know, Liverpool. Of course, Liverpool should be in for him. I mean, maybe he coloured a little bit. You've watched him against Liverpool a couple of times this season, and I wouldn't say he did anything particularly Liverpooly for me. You know, he, did, he didn't. He didn't. I didn't come away from that thinking he he was someone who, you know, keep keep an eye on for future. But Liverpool have obviously done their homework, done their scouting on him. And I, I mean, I wrote him a piece on Saturday. I mean. He just looks tailor made for this team. He may as well have turned up with a "You'll Never Walk Alone" tattoo on his arm. You know, he's, he's that sort of 
it's that he's that in tune with what Liverpool is and what Liverpool wants, isn't it? And what the what the team needs and what the fans want. There's <clears throat> a great moment on Saturday, just sort of late on in the game where he you know he's run run the length of the pitch pretty much and won a corner right in front of the away fans and they were you know he got he got the biggest ovation of the day really for for, for that you know just just for just for work rate i think it was a 92nd or 93rd minute still going strong um there was another but, one where he, he ran <clears throat> the end of the first half wasn't he and nicked the ball off lamp lamp i think it was yeah 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 yeah, yeah which... i mean it's, it's great moment. i mean there's one where i, I mean it was um I don't know who the player was actually who, who Robertson was up against, but he lost a sort of battle of strength on the halfway line, and you know you saw Diaz just without even thinking, just ran back, got into the left back position, and 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 saw that saw the danger away, and so important, you know, it's 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 easy to sort of it's easy for an attacking player maybe to come in and and show their flicks and their tricks, and you know maybe get a few goals and assists and things like that, you know that that that's what you expect from an attacking player but from a Liverpool attacking player you need a bit more to it you need them you need them to be willing to to win fouls and to take contact and to you know yeah. to, to bounce back up when they get fouled and you know he took an almighty whack for, for the cause just to just to get his head on a ball you know I'm pretty sure he would have known there was a good chance I think you can see when he, he heads it in he mm. thinks there's a chance he's going to get clattered and boy did he but brilliant you know and I think it also says a lot about him he's doing 90 minutes and that's that's difficult you know for an attack and play you, you, we see Mane get taken off quite a lot we see Jota get taken off a lot Mo Salah went off obviously with an injury at the weekend we, I think we saw him get taken off the week before against West Ham you know but Diaz is getting 90 minutes when he started and that says an awful lot about how how much confidence the manager has in him to do what he needs him to do physically yeah of course let's just have a chat about the, the goal because it's, it's something about well, I just want a broader chat about VAR in general. I know it's been done to death, but it, for me, you know, do you, do you think it's a sending off first? And then I, want, I just want to have a quick chat yeah. with you on your thoughts about VAR because I feel like I think feel like the referees are getting in their own way. They've made it too complex. Just say to the fella, go and have a look. The VAR guy doesn't have to make a decision. All he has to say is just go and have a look. That's all he has to say. That's all we want. You know, all this is it clear and obvious. It's just getting too complicated for them. I think. What do you? What? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. Um, firstly, I mean, it was it was a red card for Sanchez at the weekend. I mean, it's 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 obvious. I, I can I can understand the referee missing it personally because I think you follow the ball maybe and you sort of you, you you see an incidental clash and you think okay, he maybe just caught you know he's caught them, but you watch the replay back and it's. It's dangerous, you know. It's a hell of a whack he takes. Obviously, mm. you know, it's not, it's not an intentional one. I don't think from the goalkeeper. I don't think he's gone to do. He's not. It's not like a Schumacher one where he's he's sort of you know he's he's turned his back and sort of made sure that he gets him. But he's gone for the ball recklessly and caught him, you know, around the sort of throat, throat yeah. sort of potentially around the jaw. Um, I think if it goes wide, I think he does get sent off, which. Mm. What what sense does that make, really? You know, in 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 that that regards, I think if I think if Diaz has to go off, I think he gets sent off. I think I think if you know if Diaz doesn't sort of come around and get back up, I think he gets sent off. I don't understand why you wouldn't say to the referee, "Look, you know, you've missed you've missed that. Fine, it's not a problem. You know, you you you've, you've followed the ball or you you've 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 looked at the the goal. Go and have a look at this. What do you think? Because I think. I mean, Mike Dean. I'm pretty sure if Mike Dean sees that on a on a monitor on the side, he says, "Yeah, I think he's got to go. I think he's got to go." There was one yesterday in the Arsenal game, handball, where they made the referee go and look at the monitor, and we were like, "Well, 
it's a referee who's telling him to go and look at the monitor. So if the referee thinks it's a handball, it's a handball, isn't it? You know, you just say, look, he's handled the ball. So you it was, wasn't it, in the penalty area? He's handled the ball. It's a penalty. But what he made him go and look at the monitor. And I think what you said there about referees getting in their own way, I think it is. I think there's a I think sometimes there's a perception that we want we want the crowd to think that we're doing everything by the book. Whereas actually, I mean Jurgen Klopp was speaking about this. The VAR should be viewed as part of the refereeing team. So if the VAR says it's a penalty and the referee on the field says it isn't, or I didn't give it, so sorry. That is the refereeing team getting the decision right. You know, it's not it's not a case of our oh, the referees being overruled or you know he's being he's having authority undermined. It's just another another part of the refereeing team spotting something that he hasn't. Yeah, and you know, or, or advising on something that he hasn't. It's like the linesman giving it. You know, we, I don't think we ever look at that, do we, and say, oh, the referee, the linesman gives that, and the you know the referee's sort of been made to look a fool by his linesman. That's what they're there for, isn't it? That they're, they're on the field yeah. to do that, and that's what the VAR is there for. So. I think there are. I hate it to be honest. I won't like it. I hate the AR. I didn't like. The, I didn't like the idea of it. I don't like the the execution of it, and I don't like the discussion of it, particularly you know in in the sense of what it what it creates because it's no different to what we had before, and except for maybe you know we can maybe the howler, maybe the howler is is a little less, but I don't think it's eradicated it from the game. I don't think. I don't think it's it's got rid yeah. of. The, the obvious mistakes that the referee and referees assistant make. It's helped Liverpool's game because Liverpool now played at a high line. I mean, they were playing a high yeah. line before, but they've really gone high now because they know that to the millimetre, if it's offside, they get them offside, it's offside and it's going to be called. So yeah. there's been that benefit, to certainly to us anyway. But yeah. I, I, I genuinely think... The problem I have with it at the moment, I quite like it as a concept, but I think they're, they're using it wrongly. And I, I feel like... There's certain times when the referee will go in his head, I'll leave that to VAR. And then the yeah. VAR guy at the same time is going, referee's seen it, I don't need to do anything. Yeah, yeah, possibly. I mean, we don't, we, yeah, we don't we don't get the benefits, obviously, is of the, the conversations that go on between them. And I think I think some of the broadcasters do. I think Sky and BT get that and talk sport, you know, get that benefit of they maybe hear some of the conversations between Stockley Park and, and, and the match official, which must must help in 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 the in the sense of obviously putting some context around it. But for me, I I look at I, I take to a very base level. What do you what would what drives you mad as a as a manager as a player as a fan? I think what would drive me mad would be a ball being over the line or not. Okay, we got we, we managed to, we managed to fix that. Yeah, okay, I think I think that's worked out pretty well. I know there was one with Sheffield United and Villa. I think it was, wasn't it? Where it, it, what it failed once, I think yeah. the the the, uh, the goal line technology, but generally that's fixed. Okay, that's good. Offsides, blatant offside goals. Okay, they're gone from they're yeah. gone from the game. You know, I, I, as much as we don't like the sort of the lines being drawn, and we sometimes look at some and think, what you know, but that basically you're never going to score a goal when you're blatantly offside anymore, uh, or or vice versa. You're never going to have a goal disallowed when you're three yards onside yeah. because yeah. They're, they're, I'll show it. Okay, that's good. The ones that really get me are the, the the dangerous tackles, which I don't I don't think there's any clarity on that yet. I think we've seen I me mean, Harry Kane's one example yeah. from this season with Liverpool, where how's that not a not a red card offence? And then we've got Sanchez at the weekend, so so that, that that's in, that's not just about decisions of getting a red card. That's that's safety of players. That's that's players being put in you know put at risk by bad tackles and VAR not not spotting them or not deeming them 
them card worthy or, or red card worthy. And then the other one is is handball. And you know, if someone if someone whacks the ball off the line and gets away with it, then okay, yeah, that's that's shocking. But for me, I think football has twisted itself up in knots with handballs, with with, with with you know what is and what isn't. I think the I think the couple we saw at the weekend were, were just about as obvious as you get in terms of um, Basuma, and there was one at United, wasn't there, with um, with Tellez. Mm. But we've seen so many decisions where you look and you think, well, you know, what do you want them to do? You know, why what why is that? Out? The punishment doesn't seem to fit the crime. Sometimes yeah. where you think you think. Well, you know, yes, it's brushed his hand, or you know, it, someone's clipped the ball up and it's caught his hand. But re- you know, is that a penalty? You know, would that be given in the? I don't know. I, I feel like football sometimes just in its in its effort to please or to to be perfect. I think it's it's tied itself up a little bit, and we're I, getting to the stage now where it's almost like it's almost like you expect a penalty in every game. Or it, it feel it feels a little bit like you know, it feels like there's always a penalty incident somewhere in the game and. I don't ever remember that being the case, really. I feel like penalties were, were relatively scarce, you know, yep. before VAR. And I feel like they've, they've really come into a position where the game's being influenced an awful lot by subjective decisions. Someone will have some stats on that somewhere. And then they'll also have some stats on correct decisions pre and post VAR, I'm guessing. I'll get you off VAR because I can see you getting annoyed. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can, yeah. Just before we move on to the Arsenal game, I wanted to chat to you about, and I'm you know, sorry to put you on the spot, but Salah's performance, the contract situation, his, his, his agent being cryptic again and all that sort yeah. of stuff. I mean, firstly, the contract situation, what's your understanding of it? And do you think it's affecting his performances at the moment? Um, no, I don't think it's affecting his performances personally. I think Salah will play the way he plays regardless. You know, it, it, it's just how he it's just how he is. Um, it's just what he does. He, he wants to score goals. He wants to win games. He, he's he's unbelievably driven, as we know. You know, you only have to read his interview. You have to look, look at his tweet today. You know, he's saying it's in our hands, and he's 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 determined to 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 win all these medals and break all these records. You know, we know what most that was about. Yeah. Um, I don't think it is affecting his performance. I think maybe it's affecting the the assessment of his performance. Maybe we're looking for things that maybe we weren't looking for prior. Maybe we're looking at, you know, could he have passed there or whatever, but really he's not doing anything different to what he always does, in my opinion. Um the situation, it's not ideal. It's not ideal because Liverpool really is is in a good place as a club at the moment. You know, we everything everything really is really positive. You know, we've got a new stand going up, there's a new training ground, the managers, you know, happy and teams winning, young young players are coming through, new signings have been made who are doing well. Trophy's been won, title races on Champions League progression. So it doesn't, it doesn't. You don't really want to be putting any clouds over that that situation at this moment in time. Um, and, and obviously Salah's contract, and, and to a lesser extent others as well. But that is the, probably the one cloud on the horizon, if you want to, you want to call it that. I don't think his agent helps matters. You know, I, 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 we can. He could argue. He could argue quite easily that. I don't know what you're on about. I'm, I I don't mean anything by it. You know, I'm just putting some emojis out there. But listen, you know, one thing that he isn't is daft, and mm. he knows that will be interpreted in a certain way, and he does nothing to dampen that. You know, it would only take a tweet from him saying, "Just to let you know, this has got nothing to do with Mo. I'm just laughing at something, or yeah. I'm just, you know, I'm just putting yeah. these eyes for something or these dots, whatever." Um, he's do he's doing it, he's doing it knowing what's going to come. 
Um, I think the clear situation with Salah at the moment is there's a distance between A, what he wants and B, what Liverpool are willing to give him or or, will, or at the moment offering. I've said all along and I, I still stick by it. I think there will be a compromise found. I don't think there's a price, personally. I don't think there's any any price or situation which makes it worth Liverpool's while to sell him this summer. Um, I, I just don't see why they would do it. Uh, I think it's you know the money that they would earn and the price it would take to to make to replace his output would just be well, well, you know, there'd be a discrepancy between that. Um, and I don't think you'd lose anything by having Mo Salah with his contract running down because I think he plays at the same level, he plays at the same intensity, trains the same way, looks after himself. He's obviously very durable. Uh, so I still think there will be a compromise found, but at the moment, obviously, there's there's a gap between it. My my sort of hunch on it is the fact that Liverpool speak about it, the, the fact that Jurgen yeah, Klopp speaks about it. I think we had Jordan Henderson last week on, uh, on, on Rio Ferdinand's show saying, It'll be nice. It would be nice. You know, I think if there's an acceptance that he's going, I think Liverpool don't say these kind of things. I yeah. think Liverpool sort of ignore the, you know, just straight back the issue and say, oh, I can't speak about that. Well, it's not for me. You know, Jürgen's basically said, we want him to stay. Mo said, I want to stay. The players have said, we want him to stay. We think he's the best in the world. And I think that lends itself to the idea that he will stay in the end, albeit with some further negotiating and maybe with uh, Mr. Mr. Abbas getting his way. Well, as long as he gets paid, then I'm sure he'll be happy. Um, I, 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 are you an advocate? I mean, it sounded a little bit like that you were an advocate there of, of maybe the the theory that you just let him play out his contract and then he can go on a free. Yeah, well, nearly I think I, I wouldn't be my first, it wouldn't be my first choice. I uh, mean, first yeah. choice would be to, to give him a new contract, but I think my second choice would be to keep him till the end of his current deal. Personally, mm-hmm. um, I think it's been shown recently and it, it was sort of a thing that you just didn't do a few years back you know it was it was a thing of like you once you get to a year gone you have to sort of take your money but I think when you get to a player like Salah and you look at others I mean Mbappe is in that position obviously Pogba's in that position at Manchester United there'll be others as well which I've, who, are, who are, don't spring to mind immediately but Lacazette I think like that at Arsenal as well Rudiger Rudiger yeah the worth that you get out of them for the rest of their contract is actually worth more than the, the 30 million or the 50 million or whatever it is that you yeah. get for the transfer fee because you still have to replace them mm. you know yeah. but also with Salah the chances are he's well not even the chances are it is absolutely certain he's going to someone that you're going to be competing for the same honours with whether it's I don't think it'll be in the Premier League but it Champions League so you're yeah. probably going to run into him at some point you know or, or at least he's going to there's a possibility that you run into him so I look at it and think well you know, if you get another 18 months, 15 months out of Salah, it'll be of a high level and then he goes. And OK, you've had 15 months to plan for for, for it. You've had 15 months to, to sort of work out what the team's going to look like without him. Maybe even 15 months to persuade them to stay if, if that's if that's the case. You know, you might still have the opportunity. Liverpool did it with Wijnaldum. They could easily have sold him, you know, a year, a year before he left and got 20 million, 25 million. But for them... They needed him. They needed him to play for. I mean, I, I, I dread to think what would have happened if they had sold him because you've, the way the season turned out, and they had no, you know, they had no, they had all the midfield was playing at centre back and the rest were injured. You know, they needed one Alden to sort of play almost yeah. every game that season. Um, I think that I think it's there's been a bit of a shift. I think with you know with with, with Bosman's, if you like, that it was seen as a bad thing to lose a player on a free in the past. But I think if Liverpool are smart and and, and do it right, they can get really good use out of them. 
Mm-hmm. But as I say, I think my first my first um, choice, and I think most fans' first choice would not be to run his contract down. It would be to extend. Yeah. Uh, but I certainly don't see any merit. And I'm, I think the same for Mane, to be honest. I don't think there's any merit in selling him this summer. Because they've got a lot to offer still. And whether they whether they sign a new deal or not, I'd still like to see them at Liverpool next season. Yeah, yeah. Just before we move on to the Arsenal game, mate, I'm just going to go through a few comments. James Jebson saying the execution of VAR, which needs massive improvement, which is what we were saying. Uh, Norman's there. Hello, Norman. Salah has been brilliant for Liverpool and Liverpool have been incredible for him and I hope he will remember that. And I think that's... I sometimes yeah. wonder on that point, if he goes somewhere else, will he be as big as, as, yeah. big as success? Because I think we're... We've set everything up for him. Yeah. Like Phil Coutinho, and you know, he only has to look at Coutinho and Wijnaldum. Torres is a good good example, isn't it? Torres as well, yeah. I I think as well, I think, you know, there's a couple of other things. You look at where he goes, and, and, you know, we we, we can't pretend to know Mo Salah intimately or, you know, we know everything about him, but we can make good assumptions based on what we've seen of him over the last four or five years. I think he likes. He likes to be the main man. He certainly likes to be the top goal scorer. He wants to be the penalty taker. He wanted to be the captain. He wanted to be the main man, or wants to be the main man. Where where is he the main man if he got if he leaves Liverpool? You know what, what club has Mo Salah as their main man? Probably the only one I can really think of. If he left Liverpool, would be Barcelona at this moment in time, where he would go in and he would say he's their he's the star man of Barcelona. You know, Real Madrid are probably going to sign Mbappe. Oh, I can't see a situation where Salah goes in and 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 he he's the main man over Mbappe. Mbappe is the superstar of world football. Paris Saint Germain have Messi and Neymar at the club at the moment. Okay, they're they're, they're at a certain point of their career, but Messi and Neymar are Messi and Neymar. You know, Manchester City is not going to go to City. Chelsea obviously is not going to go to Chelsea. Certainly not now. Where where else where else is that he goes and gets that sort of that status that he maybe craves. And the other thing I think is a play, and I, I, you know, again, I, I can't pretend to know this for sure, but it's, it's an educated guess. I think there's a, a, maybe a general feeling around him just at the moment, and it might only be a temporary thing, that he maybe doesn't get the appreciation worldwide that he, he thinks he merits. You know, the Ballon d'Or list, seventh in the Ballon d'Or, and, you know, obviously he didn't, he didn't win AFCON, but he, he, he maybe thinks that, you know, people don't, give him the, the, the kudos that, he, that his performances deserve. And maybe Liverpool's timing of trying to negotiate a new contract has, has, has coincided with this yeah. feeling that, you know, everyone's underappreciating me, you know, I'm going to see what's over the over the other side of the fence for a bit and, you know, maybe get a bit of love. But I, I would I would counter that, certainly, with I don't think he'll get loved anywhere more than he gets loved at Liverpool. You know, you, you only have to listen to the, the fans on Saturday. They were singing his name. You know, he didn't have a great game. He got his goal, but he did. They, they sung his name. They love him. You saw the yeah, break. That's, that's, that's the point. I think we're patient with him. There's many a time when he plays a game and he, he looks awful. Yeah. I mean, that, that sounds extreme, but what I mean is he looks scruffy. He's, you know, he's yeah. losing the ball all the time. We, we, we're okay with that. Because we know that he's going to do. If he goes to Barcelona or Real Madrid or PSG, I don't think he'll get away with that shit. Uh-huh. I think people will be on his back, and uh-huh. it won't be a happy place. Yeah, listen, he's been to Chelsea. He's been to Chelsea as a young man and got no no love whatsoever from the manager, from the from the team, from the fans. Sorry, you know, 
he, he basically didn't leave a footprint at Chelsea, did he? You know, he went he went and rebuilt brilliantly Fiorentina, Roma, and then and then Liverpool, and everything came together at Liverpool with you know a side that was set up like you say, playing a certain style of football. But I think also you you're absolutely spot on. Fans that wanted to worship him and want want to love him. You know, you look this week. I think we had Messi and. I think it was Messi and Neymar taking a free kick yesterday for Paris Saint-Germain getting booed. We've seen white hankies out at, at, at the, the Bernabeu for you know teams that have won European Cups and things yeah. like that. And you know Barcelona, we've seen the same whistles and you know boos and things like that. So you know it might not bother him. He, he, that, 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 you have to say that he might he might be thinking, well, I don't care. But yeah. at the same time, I think sometimes you know you can wish your life away a little bit looking into the future and thinking oh, I want this and this and this and I, I think if you asked let's go back through a few players let's see let's ask Michael Owen let's ask Fernando Torres let's ask Philip Coutinho let's ask Gini Wijnaldum what would you swap now I think they'd all take the, the love and the adulation of that Anfield crowd and a team that was set up to get the best out of them yeah, no, 100%. Let's move quickly on to the, the Arsenal game because I'm conscious I'm keeping you. Just a, a few know, stats. They're in good form, aren't they? They've won the last five, the fourth in the league. They've got two games in hand on Chelsea and three games in hand on United. And they're ahead of United by one point, I think. Um, they win 71% of the games at home. So they're good at home. And they've only scored, failed, failed to score in 14% at home with an XG of 2.06. Um, so... With all that in mind, how do you think that the game might go on Wednesday? Do you think it's going to be as tough as those stats have just suggested? Yeah, I think it's a tough game. I think it is a tough game for Liverpool. And I think, you know, Arsenal, uh, they, they won't ever, ever, ever have a better chance of getting back into the top four than they have at the moment. They're, they're, they're wild favourites, I think, to get into that top four. Um, I think if they win the games, and then I think they go two behind Chelsea. So I think, I think, I think they're not yeah. even far off sort of getting up towards third if they, if they win the games, and then obviously one of them being being Wednesday. So mm. they're in good form. They've got good players, got players that are that are in form. You know, like Lacazette and Saka. Odegaard's playing particularly well. Obviously, Martinelli. Who I know Jürgen's a big fan of. Um, so they've got they've got a lot to like about them the way they're playing that they're in obviously and I think what what Arteta's managed to do which you know I would have maybe said he, he might not have been able to do is he seems to have calmed the club so it, you know I mean, just an example but Talksport used to have a section called the Daily Arsenal where they used to talk about all the crisis <laughs> yeah that, totally. yeah, that engulf Arsenal you know it was always felt like there was some sort of like dissent from the fans almost wasn't yeah, it there was yeah. something that they didn't like or there was booze or someone had said something and Arteta seems to have calmed that and got you know got rid of people like Obama Yang who, who were obviously a bit of a problem Ozil and people like that beforehand who, who, who were always sort of attracting negative headlines if you like what it felt like they were he seems to have got a young team that's together and really sort of is growing um, but this is Liverpool. Liverpool went there for a, a League Cup semi-final. If you remember, I mean, Arsenal came to Anfield, played quite well, got a nil-nil, yes. and everybody said, "Oh wow, you know that could be their this could be their moment." And Liverpool went to the Emirates and overcome a sort of bad ten minutes and really bossed that game and beat them yeah. quite comfortably. They beat them comfortably in the league at Anfield early in the season as well. So I think Liverpool are still favourites, but you know, I would like to see them, for example, start the game better than they did against Brighton. And just maybe take a bit of the sting out of the crowd because I think if the Emirates does get up and if Arsenal were to get the first goal in the game, I think it would be a long night. But, you know, 
we don't know about injuries yet. And Salah, Salah's one of them. Obviously, got a bit of a foot knock at the, at the weekend. We'll see whether he's available. But you look at the squad that Liverpool have got got at the moment. I would expect them to go with a very strong side and uh, you know have a very good chance of winning the game. Well, I've had a, I've I've just threw this together before while I was waiting for you to come on, um, and I, I'm not <clears throat> I'm not sure what you th- think, but um, I've I've included Salah because the, the injury didn't seem to be that serious, and I've, I thought Diaz might have gone in. What What do you think about that as a lineup? Um, well, let's have a look. So, so Simakas, yeah, I'd, I'd be surprised. I think Simakas will play Forest on on Sunday, so I, I'd probably keep Robertson in there. Curtis, I think he probably play Forest as well. I would like Thiago to play the game um, against Arsenal. I, I would like to see him in there. I think I think a bit of control. I think Arsenal gives space, and I think there'll be room on the counter attack. And I think having Thiago in the side would be huge for that to break the lines and get the ball moving quickly. And then the big question is, yeah, probably four, four and three, isn't it? In the forward, like I mean, if Salah's fit, four into three and Diaz. I mean, <laughs> it would be hard to leave Diaz out based on based on Saturday, wouldn't it? But I thought Mane was really good as well. Um, yeah. He I looks great in that, that central striker yeah, role. He, really, he, really, the ball he up really does. And, you know, I think he's a, he's very underappreciated sometimes in the work that he does for the team in terms of, like I say, taking hits, winning fouls, you know, bringing down long balls and getting into, you know, keeping Liverpool sort of ticking over. I think that Jota's form, he didn't look great off the bench, but he, but Jota scored two in uh, at Arsenal uh, in each of his last two games, I think, against the one in, in two of the last three. He scored two in the league game and, and, and two in the in the um, the league cup as well. So he's a hard one to leave out as well, isn't yeah. he? But yeah, I would probably go the team you put up there. I would probably have Henderson and Thiago in the midfield and Robertson at left back. Be difficult to leave Naby out because I, th- I think his form has been absolutely fantastic, but in an, in an altered way to what we're yeah. used to seeing. Naby's doing very much a, a genie one Alden job almost. You know the the, the yeah. quiet, ugly stuff that no one really notices. Yeah, no, he did. I thought he did. I thought he did well on Saturday, he, um, especially after the first ten minutes where it looked, as I say, it looked a bit moody, didn't it? With with I think Fabinho was a little bit off it. I think Liverpool were just a little bit a yard short of where they needed to be. And I thought Cater was the first one really who got his foot on the ball and started, you know, finding those passes out to Trent or to Robertson or into into someone's feet. So I think he's he's doing well. I just I'm just think, you know, I think for me, I think Liverpool want to get Thiago back into the side, and I I, I want to see him in the side. You know, just just from a, sort of just from an aesthetic point of view, really, just the way I think Liverpool just look on better sides. And I think I think with Arsenal, I think a bit of someone who can just take the time and put the foot on the ball in midfield and, and, and find a pass forward quickly, I think will will be will be one of those uh, one of those key things. So I would expect him to be in the side. But listen, the good thing about Liverpool at the moment is really whatever side they put out, there's not really anything you can complain about, is there? I mean people will. People find find ways to, but really you're not putting a side out where you think, oh that's not going to win. You know, you always think yeah, I fancy it. You know, I would maybe have picked him instead of him, but I still fancy us to win. Yeah, course. Before I let you go, what's your score prediction? I think it'll be a, a both teams to score. I think two one, maybe Liverpool. Um, yeah, I think yeah, two one. I think I think I think Liverpool will win. I think it'll, you know. I know I spoke to a couple of people on the weekend who were saying they were worried about both these two games coming up, Arsenal and Forest. But I think. You know, that might just be the natural sort of pessimism creeping into supporters. I still think Liverpool, wherever they go, whoever they're playing, I still fancy them. So yeah, I think they'll I think they'll win both of these two games coming up. I think they might be narrow, but I think they'll win on Wednesday two one. Score prediction for tonight. 
City Palace, yeah. I think I think it's the to 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 give the optimistic side. I think it's the best time for Liverpool for the City to go to Palace on Monday night game. I think Monday night to Palace is 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 a different beast to a three o'clock at Palace. I think it just adds an extra flavour to the atmosphere. But I, I can't see City slipping up to be honest. I think he might just win. 2-0, you know, just a, a very classic Guardiola City sort of 80% possession, 2-0 win. But Palace are a good side. Palace give Liverpool problems, you know, especially after that first half hour. Got some good good individual players with Olise and Eze and Zaha and people like that, Conor Gallagher. So I think if, if City if City don't sort of take care of business early, I think it could be a tough night for them. But I, I, I mean natural my natural instinct is City to win 2-0. Cool. Okay, and just a quick one before you go. Anything on the Carvalho transfer? Uh, no, nothing at all at the moment. No, I mean he's still he's playing. He's playing at the moment, playing really well for Fulham. Obviously, they're absolutely flying up. You know, I know they drew at the weekend, but they're they're absolutely flying up virtually in the Premier League already, and he's playing, playing starting every game. Um, no, nothing, nothing new on that. I think Liverpool would just. I mean, maybe it's maybe it's all taken care of. Maybe it isn't, but I think Liverpool were quite confident that they could get something agreed with him before um, before the need to go to any sort of tribunal or go down that that route. The hope is that having them um, having done what they needed to do on deadline day, they can they can just put that back. But no, I haven't heard I haven't heard any updates on it in terms of anything of being agreed or 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 vice versa. Brilliant. Well, Neil, thanks so much for your time, Paul. Have you have you got anything that you're writing in any articles that you're doing at the moment that well, you want to talk to me about? No, I just got. I mean, we've got um, obviously the usual pre-match and post-match pieces coming up this week. But next week is um, is next gen week, obviously in the international break uh, at goals. So that's the, the top twenty-five men, top twenty-five women under uh, nineteen and under. And there'll be a couple of Liverpool players, I'm sure you can guess who, are going to feature in that list quite prominently as well. So look out for some content on that. Yeah, we, that, that's running all all from um, Monday of next week. So, yeah, that's that's worth checking out on goal. Lovely stuff. Don't forget to follow Neil on Le- Neil Jones Goal on Twitter. And, uh, mate, thanks very much for your time. If you're, well, watching us, if you're watching us on YouTube, don't forget to give us a subscribe, hit the like button, hit the bell for notifications, Twitter, Facebook, make sure you follow the page. Nice one, Neil. Top man. <laughs>